0: Welcome to the Star Force podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Ariza. Joining me today is Christina Francisco. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing good. How about you?
0: Doing all right. Well, today we're going to be talking about why are you laughing?
1: Because you gave me no warning. <laughs> we don't need You just a said I was just, just doodling on my pad and all of a sudden somebody entered your soul <laughs>
0: and said, Well, there is no warning. We just go live here. This is the kind okay. of production we run here. Anyways, this week we're talking about the Star Wars prequels. So what we've kind of been doing <clears throat> leading up to Episode 9 here in, as of the timing of this recording, in 17 days, uh, we're going back and every weekend we're watching one of the movies. So a couple weeks ago we started with Phantom Menace, we watched Attack of the Clones, uh, watched Revenge of the Sith, and so now we're sitting here um, we also went ahead and watched New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. So <clears throat> we wanted to do a podcast for each of the trilogies, starting with the prequel one. So I guess to start us out, what... Um, I mean, we can go into the divisiveness of them and the negativity mm-hmm. of them and all that. Uh, but I mean, that's been done to death, mm-hmm. right? Every You can go on YouTube and every other prequel trilogy, you know, YouTube video is negative. So if anything, let's start with what, what positive thoughts do you have on the prequel trilogy? And what positive memories do you have watching them? These are movies that came out when, you know, me and you were both, you know, kids. 1999 was Phantom Menace, so I was 10 years old, you were nine years old. So these were, you know, formative years and we're watching these movies and, they, I mean, at least they stuck with me and I still remember them pretty vividly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are some posi- positives to be had. So what are your thoughts on the prequels? Positive thoughts? My
1: positive thoughts? Yes. I mean, you're right. Like it's, it would be irreverent to sit here and for 45 minutes or an hour go over how bad they were because that's been done at nauseum. Yes. For over 20 years. Um... And and yeah, I think my positive take or what, what I remember from them and what I like about them is I think I grew up actually when I first saw them, I was nine when the Phantom Menace came out and still pretty young when Attack of the Clones came out. I didn't really, I liked them as a kid because I didn't have that.
0: You were actually eight. Phantom Menace came out in May.
1: Okay. Well, whatever. Technicalities. <clears throat> You'd be eight. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the theater waiting for the Phantom Menace or uh, the fandom Oh my gosh, what am I doing? The Phantom Menace to mm-hmm. uh, to start and there being like a general excitement. People had like those fake lightsabers. I remember the the trailer uh, trailers hadn't started yet and people were clapping and and um, and kind of just really excited about it. And then I had a good experience. I mean, like I enjoyed them. It got me into Star Wars. It was my first taste of live. Uh, developing Star Wars, I was guess that the first Star
0: Wars movie you saw?
1: No, I had seen the original trilogy before that. Okay, I'm, I meant more of it, was, yeah, the it was the first in theaters, in theaters theaters for yeah. like experience. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know, sitting back um, with all of their flaws, I think, and I said this to you after we finished um, the entire the three movies and the prequels, uh, it, it it has the heart and the story is a good story to be told. We can we can like I said I, we won't go on on how they were executed from an acting from a CGI from a execution perspective, Um but the story is good and it's a here it's a journey that needs to be a story that needs to be told mm-hmm. because um it sets everything in motion. Anakin's hero's journey sets up.
0: We'll get into that. Let's we'll, talk, about, yeah, no, Let's talk we'll, about the positives. So give yeah, me some no. Positives. So I liked it,
1: and then the I mean John Williams. There's so, m- there's so many iconic um, pieces uh, from Duel of Fates to to um, Across the Stars to, um, I think, what's the title for the Mustafar fight? Obi-Wan versus... I think it's just Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Of Obi-Wan. Anakin Obi-Wan. versus Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. So the story is Star Warsy mm-hmm. and it's a good story. Yeah. And I appreciate that it was told.
0: Yeah. To me, to me... Okay. I, I could, yeah. yeah, so that's
1: all I can say with biting my tongue. Okay, yeah. I mean,
0: to me, in, in terms of positives that, that, that I take away from the prequel trilogy, again, like you said earlier, we were children when these movies were coming out. There was this huge hype for these movies in an age before the internet. And so all all people had was a trailer. There's, there, there were people that... You know, went to go see, you know, a random movie because that movie was going to show the trailer for Star Wars mm-hmm. in the lead up to the movie. Right. And so and, and that was obviously before YouTube, before the Internet. Before, it was still, it's still and, like a good
1: trailer, like looking back on it.
0: Yeah. No, but I'm just trying to set up the context of like, mm-hmm. you know, where were we as, yeah, you know, as kids and and, and, and what was the, the hype and nostalgia around it? And um, it had this expectation to live up to the originals and all these people that grew up with, you know, the ones from 1977 and Mm -hmm. 80 and 83 and all that. And so, yeah, it was, it was huge excitement. And as a kid to see that excitement and to see the toys and to see the special effects and all the cool things that were happening with it, it was, it was exciting. And those, and those are the positive takeaways that I have that, you know, for me, the the lightsaber battles, the dual bladed Mm -hmm. lightsaber of Darth Maul was amazing the naboo starfighter the pod racing the uh you know stuff all, all those things are now to me super nostalgic that i can watch phantom menace and enjoy it mm-hmm. even though as an adult you look back and watch it and it's not let's be real it's not a great movie
1: mm-hmm. but
0: at the same time because i saw it as a kid and i enjoyed it so much as a kid i can still look back fondly on on movies like that and I think I can say the same for for the other two more so, Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. To me, in my ranking, Attack of the Clones is the worst Star Wars movie to me at least. Right. And and um, but but either way, I mean, you, we we got the introduction to Hayden Christensen, who I feel did a much better job in Episode Three. And you know, becoming Vader and all that. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of the positive takeaway, of the prequels a much better, you, but it's
1: still pretty average job. Huh? A much better job, but it's still pretty
0: for average job. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you can boil that up to uh, uh, it writing was, or just how I,
1: I don't know because in, I'm not going to go into like how bad they were, but or how bad the acting was. And I think it can be directed at him. It, it's it's so. Uh, it's overbearing just because he is the lead and yeah. he is anakin uh he he is what this whole trilogy that trilogy is about and then if you extend that over the course of nine movies what it what starts it all and what is the center of it
0: yeah um but i guess he, he
1: kind of over his acting overshadows it i think natalie portman still does a good job i think obi-wan does a good job right that was another uh, positive. does a McGregor. good job you know him as Obi-Wan. Yeah. exactly um but but no, I think I'm, I I agree with you. I best movie out of those three is Revenge of the Sith. Um and it's like I feel like Phantom Menace barely edges out Attack of the Clones for me for worse uh better than uh, it, attack I should say that I said that backwards. Attack of the Clones barely edges out Phantom Menace for me for worst Star Wars movie. Um no, on my list. I mean, that's, no, these we, are opinions. So right, those are opinions. But it we is still d- for me the that, worst. But... We could debate that, but I think I agree with you. Attack of the Clones is still the worst Star Wars movie for me, but barely. Just yeah. that it's like the the drop from Revenge of the Sith to Phantom Menace is huge, and then the drop from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones is like a couple centimeters for right. me. Um, but I digress. But I guess,
0: yeah. I mean, since you're already talking about it then, I, and, and we have to talk about this. I mean, I know I said, I didn't want to focus on negative mm-hmm. and, and I want to make this as quick as possible. Um, things in this trilogy that stood out to you that to you were, you know, negative that you're mm-hmm. in your opinion were not great. And, and for me, I'll start listing some off, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. George R. Binks wasn't a great character decision. Mm-hmm. I know George wanted to do it. For the kids and for the humor and for the slapstick kind of mm-hmm. thing that he brought to it. But I guess, I mean, maybe for us as kids at the time, it worked. But for now as adults and adults at that time viewing it, it definitely didn't work. And and you see that as to why uh, Jar Jar Binks played much lesser roles in mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the other disappointing aspects to me was uh, Darth Maul only being used in one movie as as opposed to... You know, in the original trilogies and, and sort of in the sequels, uh, the villain kind of lasts through all three movies. Mm-hmm. And this one, or in the prequels, we got a villain every single... I mean, there's one overarching villain being the Emperor, it's Palpatine. but the the Darth Vader type villains being Maul and Dooku and Grievous all lasted one movie and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah. Uh the other thing I could think of uh like love scenes. The love scenes in, in these prequels were
1: I think you can and when that I, goes a lot back to like the just writing and right. execution acting. And I think it's acting. A, it's acting. Yeah. It's acting mostly in yeah. in It's just awkward the writing, though. Yeah. It's a little awkward they, like they the things that they said. I, I try to think well no cuz I've I mean like I I don't say I think the dialogue could have been improved in a way but at the same time like to me, the ones that come off stale are there's just zero chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden yeah, Christensen, no, that, and then yeah. Hayden Christensen really is not a great actor, and it and with being next to Natalie Portman, it really shows because I try to think of like and it's hard to imagine because we don't have the scenario, mm-hmm. but like I don't know, like if Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley were sharing those scenes to really great actors, um, what that would look like. yeah um, But what else did you have to say?
0: No, I was just gonna say that the 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 love scenes and the not love scenes, but the romance scenes, right? And you're right. It, it it was more. It felt forced. The chemistry wasn't there, and it just wasn't like subtle. Like they explicitly were like, "Oh, I'm so in love with you." Oh, you know, it, it's not. It's not a. It wasn't a subtle thing, which just made it awkward to me, at least. And so that's just something that. And, and I don't want to get into it. This yeah. isn't a podcast about no. Anakin Padme, whatever. But that's just things that I didn't like. The other disappointment—not disappointment, but kind of negative thing—was the introduction of the midi chlorians. Um, at the, uh, I mean, I, rem- I remember at the time thinking like, "Oh, okay, that it's just kind of like a way to explain it as like their cells or there's some sort of organism that." It's kind of like in Dragon Ball Z. Where your level is determined by however much power you have, and like, oh, oh, his level is over nine thousand, or oh, Anakin's level is higher than you know Master Yoda's, or something like that. So he's the chosen one, like. So it basically like kind of gave Jedi like different levels.
1: And I think that's if I could piggyback off of that and talk about a little bit of my uh-huh. negative to it. I think one that's one of my things is that introduction of the middle Chlorians is such a. De- it felt like such a departure from what the forces explained like in *The Empire Strikes Back*, right. and what his original concept. And, and to hear George Lucas describe it outside of what was told in *The Phantom* in *The Phantom Menace*, um, it, it's just that—that it, that to me was so so strange. It just there was some dialogue and just some material in these movies that just didn't seem. It didn't go and coincide with what he originally had scripted. like Because we were recently watched the original trilogy, and hearing Yoda describe the Force in Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. to Luke, who's struggling in Dagobah, is just different from what we hear and the the kind of, like, explanations in these, like, you're right, like, Dragon Ball Z levels are like, we're playing a video game and you need to level up, and, and um, I don't know... Like it's Dark Souls or something, and you need to grind and 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 to prove your way as a Jedi just seems so different than, than the what it was introduced in the original trilogy. Yeah, um, mm. I think that would be one. We said we've talked about acting. Like I told you, there are it's a good it, to me. It, it the idea of it is a good idea. It's the story, is a story that needed to be told and is a good story. Just the execution
0: keep saying needed to be told. Uh, what What do you mean needed to be told? Expand
1: Anakin's that. story needed to be told. Why?
0: We didn't technically need the prequels. We could have been okay with just having the OT, the well, original trilogy.
1: Well, his story... What
0: is it about Anakin's story to you that is so compelling?
1: His story starts the entire hero's journey. I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but No, but talk
0: about it now. I'm asking you. His, his
1: story starts... The beginning of a hero's journey that's going to happen twice over.
0: The beginning of his hero's journey. His hero's journey. That is going to happen three times over.
1: Exactly. Who also triggers, in tandem, Luke's journey. Yeah. um, Who will then, in tandem, trigger Rey's. So Mm -hmm. it's like this... this, Like George Lucas describes it. Part acts one through three of a nine-act play. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is. Three three three-act plays. Three three three-act plays. Three three three-act plays. And... You know, it parallels a fall from grace. I mean, like this person that was chosen by this cosmic entity Mm -hmm. to bring balance to the force. This is where we're first introduced that concept, right? Because before then, there was no concept of balancing the force, Mm -hmm. is there, in the original trilogy? It's just kind of. You find that there is this guy, there was always good and evil, or a light and a dark, as we're told in the original trilogy. But in the first three yeah we get the story of that you know th- there there can be a balance um so I think it's important it's, it's a good story it's this guy that had it all and was destined to be um the chosen one who um really messes it up and is is completely corrupted by palpatine by the purest evil of all time and corrupted and he he manipulates his compassion um which is one of his greatest traits or one of his purest traits and manipulates it against him and turns him to the dark side. Um, And that's an interesting story to be told, but...
0: Why why compassion though? Why why are you saying that Anakin had compassion?
1: Because that's what he's always... Like we're introduced to him in The Phantom Menace and he's kind of got this childlike wonder to him. He, you know, talks about, you know, he's got a pure he leaves his mother and he's
0: scared though the whole thing with Anakin is like he at least from watching Phantom Menace right he's, he's a kid and, and that in this movie he's a slave to uh, Watto and his mom's also a slave and you know he has these powers that I guess he doesn't really understand that he has them and he's able to pod race and he can see things before they happen mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the mom describes that Shmi, Shmi describes that when she talks to, to Qui-Gon and then you see him, you know, get freed and he's going to leave and he and he leaves kind of sad and he's like mom, I'm going to come back for you and he's not letting go and he's like kind of scared of this new adventure, right? It's, it's that hero's journey call to, action, yeah. call to action, he begrudgingly accepts it. Mm-hmm. Right? And then um in in the attack of the clones, we kind of see him a little bit better, but now he's kind of turned into more um he understands his powers a little bit better. He's a little bit more cocky about it. He's more um what am I trying to say? Like he's just kind of I mean egotistical. Egotistical. He's a little douchey, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just not. Uh yeah. But then obviously and then Revenge of the Sith and Revenge of the Sith kind of comes around. He's he's finally grown into his powers. He's like a uh general for the republic now, or a, a Jedi general. And he's working side by side with Obi Wan and all that, so you kind of see that growth, right? But then, through all that growth, he still has that fear—the fear of loss—and that's um, the biggest takeaway from the fear of loss. Is in Attack of the Clones when he loses his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And he just basically destroys a village. Yeah, he goes crazy, he destroys the village, and that's like the that's like his main like kind of I don't know I don't want to say turning point, but like the main thesis to Anakin is that he's just afraid of losing the people that he loves. And he already mm-hmm. experienced that through his mom. And it obviously didn't go that well. And now he's seeing visions of his wife Padme also you know, dying in childbirth and something mm-hmm. like that. And so that to him is the worst thing that could happen. And so that leads to the decisions that he ends up making ultimately becoming Vader and hoping to save her. But then mm-hmm. the irony of it all obviously is that in him doing that... He's the one that forces her to, or he's the one that ultimately causes that death that he foresaw mm-hmm. in the vision. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. In terms of Anakin's story, it is an interesting story. It is that you said it earlier: the fall from grace, the chosen, the chosen, um, the chosen one, and the light side of the Force, mm-hmm. the one that was supposed to bring balance, the one, the the savior of everything, who ends up succumbing to to the dark side. So that's that is an interesting story. And, and, and like you said earlier, it does set up what's to come later. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. So in speaking of hero's journey, then, um, I guess I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of the parallels that the prequel trilogy has with the, um, the original trilogy. So right off the bat, uh, you know, some of the parallels you see in, in Phantom Menace, uh, Qui-Gon is kind of like the mentor figure, Obi-Wan kind of plays like the Luke figure, sort of, to a certain extent, because you see the mentor figure die in the same way in New Hope, you see Obi-Wan die when Luke is the the trainee, Qui-Gon dies when Obi-Wan is a trainee, and then even more so, uh, even in the sequel ones, Han Solo dies when Rey is kind of like the, you know, the trainee. Not It's not the same, because Han's not like a Jedi, mm-hmm. but I mean, those parallels are all kind of there, and they kind of rhyme with each other mm-hmm. and, and all that, so... Is there any other ones that you can think of that you know about that you want to mention?
1: No. I think you've kinda of tacked them on pretty as far as it relates to the original trilogy.
0: I mean there there's there's other I mean I I guess what I was trying to get to is that there's like this interesting um like theory that I, I've been reading about that's online and it's called the Star Wars Ring Theory. And I'll put the link in the uh in like the show notes. And it basically kind of talks about how... And and I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, like how all these movies kind of mm, call back to each other and mirror each other throughout all six movies, right? Or I guess in this case, throughout all nine Mm -hmm. movies. And so... um, Let me see. Uh, I was going to read like a quote here. So, like the plot of A New Hope... The Phantom Menace takes us through three stages of Joseph Campbell's monolith the hero's departure on his quest, the initiation, which is the testing experiences, and the return, the emergence from tests to achieve a final victory. This is also both the plot pattern for each of the Star Wars Episode V and Jedi. The Empire's return phase completed only at the start of Jedi. And as well, the overarching pattern of the first made trilogy as a whole A New Hope being the departure. Empire as the initiation, Jedi as the return. So the integrating viewer can now perceive that Star Wars 1 through 6 will give us the same pattern overarching over all six films. In relation to Anakin as a hero with his departure in Menace, Initiation in Episodes 2 and 3, Return in 4 and 6, beginning with the discovery of his son Luke in 4 and 5, and ending with his self-sacrificial death for Luke and therefore resurrection at the end of 6. So, I mean, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Like go online, type mm-hmm. in Star Wars ring theory and it's kind of it's interesting to see how all of these are kind of circling back to each other and you can kind of start um you can kind of go into like I guess not theory, but come up with a uh, an explanation or or I guess a thought of how episode 9 might go mm-hmm. based on what we've seen so far right right? and and i don't know if we touched on it last podcast where i was saying that maybe it is kind of going to be some sort of Mm self-sacrificial type thing that maybe kylo ren has to do just based on what we've seen in episode three and based on what we've seen in episode six with you know darth vader and luke and all that so do you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's like what's the, the infamous quote is it's like poetry at rhymes. Right. Like all of Star Wars rhymes, it's modern myth, it's modern mythology. So it's stories that have been told over generations in a language of the people of the time. Yeah. Um so this in the the same way, you know, you have each trilogy mirroring each other. Mm. Um and what I think you're absolutely right. We're seeing it in the sequel trilogy as well. Mm-hmm. We're kind of seeing an inverse of some of the stories and the tropes as far as the characters. Not,
0: not only just inverse or mirrors of the tropes and characters, but also in the way the actual shots in their movie are framed. Right. right. Example, right off the top of my head, is in Empire Strikes Back, the AT-ATs are, come from the right side of the screen to the left. And then in Last Jedi, those at the new ones, they come from the left side of the string to the right, mm-hmm. right? So there's things like that where shots are just mirrored, and they're very similar. I think even in the one like with Luke, um, when he looks down at Vader, it's from kind of one, 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 one view. And then in the one in Last Jedi, it's like mirrored. So it's stuff like that is right. kind of evident throughout the whole thing where you see it... Um, mirrored which is interesting but yeah yeah no,
1: i mean you see a lot of that and in, in, and that's a hundred percent intentional um yeah as far as we know or and, and, and ryan johnson and jj and J. abrams have said that um, yeah and jj abrams in the press lead up to like this entire film has been saying in every interview this has to finish out in nine films not just not just this, this trilogy yeah so there we will be you know intentional focus the other mirror shot i just thought
0: of is leia in New Hope, Leia is on the left side of the screen with R2 being on the right, and she gives them the message to Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. And then in Force Awakens, Poe is on the right side of the screen and BB mm-hmm. 8's on the left. So it just even that, they're doing the same type of thing, but they're mirrored. Yeah, and there's yeah. some
1: framing with like Kylo and Anakin. Yeah. And,
0: um... Oh, Kylo and Anakin. Uh, in Revenge of the Sith, when he walks into the Jedi Temple, he's walking. I believe it's from left to right, like kind of from above. And mm-hmm. then in Last Jedi, it's from right to left, also from above uh, shot. Right. That, that shot in the, of the of that scene. So yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, and like you said, I think they're definitely doing it uh, as something intentional. It's something that I think calls into this Star Wars ring theory that I'm talking about where it all kind of circles back and each one kind of calls back to each other within its own trilogy. But also they call... Out, to, they call back to each other within the other trilogies. Right. So that's why I think you can theorize and kind of interpret that maybe um, just based on what we've seen, there's going to be some sort of self-sacrifice. Maybe that mm-hmm. that 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 uh prophecy or fulfillment of the balance of the force or the chosen one and all that. Maybe we're going to get to see that, right? And, and and I think we will. I think we will get the final. The real balance of the force mm-hmm. in episode nine. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Because right. I think
1: I feel like it's something we talk about a lot, but nobody can really put their finger on what that's going right. to look like. And and yeah, I think there will be there will definitely be a resurrection in episode nine because right. that's the end of the hero's journey. Um, a, I think personally, a return, a return. We, sorry, I mean we said that
0: in the, in the thing, a return, a return. Is return. One of the motifs. Yeah.
1: A, and um, I think that'll be. Me personally, I think it'll be uh, the death of Kylo Ren and the return of Ben Solo, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that will pay off in a greater way than Darth Vader's death and the return of Anakin Skywalker did. Um, Yeah, I think
0: with with a balance of the Force potentially meaning like the balance, like yin yang balance, right? Yeah, because I think I think that was misinterpreted in the prequel trilogy where maybe the balance meant at least to the characters in those in that trilogy they thought okay he's a chosen one balance of the force means he's going to be the ultimate light and it's going and the darkness is going to be destroyed and mm-hmm. and he's gonna, and he we're going to win right and that wasn't true that was the mm-hmm. mistake then in the original trilogies maybe you can interpret the balance being okay well Anakin did kind of fulfill his prophecy because he destroyed the emperor and there was no he brought balance by no more sith and no more jedi or whatever but then i guess that kind of still messed up i, I, I think at the end the the, but- the true balance is there's both both exist and and you have to be trained in both or something i guess or or maybe be knowledgeable in both sides and, and be able to have love and fear Mm -hmm. and and anger all those things that are part of the dark side you can still have as a light side user but you have to i guess understand it or control it or do something better right because and and the jedi way was always like oh you can't Mm -hmm. you can't do that at all it was very i guess monk like like being a monk or being a nun or something like oh this is so forbidden and maybe the, the balance is like, hey, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be... It's okay to love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that ultimately does bring balance.
1: Yeah, no, I think we've, we've been reminded. I don't want to keep talking about the sequel trilogy because I know we'll have different podcasts leading up to the no, release I mean, of the movie. I mean, but it's all connected. But, we've been talking but about how it's all connected yeah, but connected I think anyway. we will... So it comes up. We, 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 we see this in The Last Jedi. We've been... This has been called out in the sequel movies that the Jedi... You know, Luke says it when he's talking to Rey... Um, you know the Jedi were. It was hubris to think that their way of living was the ultimate way, or that was the correct way to live at their live, the peak the of correct, their power. The they, correct way to use the force. Yeah, they, 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 um, and then Yoda burns the tree down and says, "You know, screw yeah. that, Luke. Like yeah. that's not what it means." Um, the greatest teacher failure is, and so the Jedi failed and Luke failed, um, only to bring way I think to this new, um, way of understanding the force and respecting it mm-hmm. and and uh you know i think it, it it for the first time we'll see like we hadn't seen in the past two trilogies a true welcoming to really digging deep and figuring out people's journeys and how, how what the force i'm trying to how do i word this um, uh, the concept of redemption, the concept of right and wrong, yeah. and why people do things, and in the way the force kind of bou- uh, kind of weaves its way through that, and not claiming the force for one side or the other, right. um, will be a, something we see because yeah. it's the lesson we've been learning this whole time. Yeah. You know, people trying to tempt each other on one side whenever and we need lesson- to be thinking more about how to, like you said, deal with. The two forces, right, the and it's two a lesson follows.
0: that ultimately Anakin failed, right, because he didn't. Well, and maybe he failed because he wasn't allowed to, right? And that goes back mm-hmm. to what we're saying, that the Jedi Order was almost, you know, like a, a very rigid and un, unbreakable, mm-hmm. and so maybe that's the lesson that if Anakin had been allowed to to love his mom and to love Padme the way that he did, to be with his mom, to, to be yeah. yeah, to be with his mom, to love Padme, to have kids, to to have some anger, to have some you know, to have some fear and all that, maybe he wouldn't have gone to the dark side the way he did, right? Right. Um, I guess to, to kind of change topics a little or not topics, but to pivot a little, um so let's talk about Emperor Palpatine. And the prequels being Senator Palpatine, mm-hmm. right? So, one thing for sure we got in the prequels was his whole... Not backstory, but we got a lot of... The Plagueis. Yeah, yeah. we got a lot of backstory from him, right? And and now, from what we know from the sequel um, trailers and everything, it looks like he's going to be back for nine. So, that kind of sets him up now as a villain of all three, three trilogies, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've said this before, he's kind of now become like the Thanos... Of, of the Star Wars universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what are your thoughts on Senator Palpatine in the prequels and the way he is set up to... I mean, yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, it basically gets revealed that he kind of orchestrated this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, yeah, just expand on that a little bit.
1: I think, you know, he is... The Hades. He is not the Hades. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. That's wrong. Forgive me. He is the purest evil in evil. What do you mean by him. purest evil? He has no motivations other than evil, evilness, and a thirst for power for his own. Um, and he will do anything and manipulate anybody and wrong anybody for his own benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, he. There is no struggle with him. There is no. Uh, he is purely dark. He is purely black. There's no gray. Um, and he only. Is motivated by his thirst for power. Mm-hmm. He has no other motivation.
0: Um, Have you read any like his like backstory stuff? When he I was know that the Darth or Plagueis. he was, a to he, was Plagueis. he
1: was Darth Plagueis. He he tells that story to Anakin the opera right. or whatever. Anakin um, and he is that apprentice
0: right. for Darth Plagueis. Yeah, which is the the story was that what was it that Plagueis had like found the way the way to, to bring back bring, to the, bring people back he, to he life. He was basically God and he to stop play people God. from dying. Yeah. But then Emperor or Senator Palpatine ends up killing him, and then the, you know the famous line, like how ironic that he could save others from death but not himself, right? Not right. himself, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so that the all we get from his backstory and that we know about him is that he is the ultimate evil, um, mm-hmm. and. He.
0: I'm gonna go back and read he, and see if there's any like comics or something that kind of go I'm back sure. more there into him. Be yeah. I, I'd be interested to see some of the history of, or I guess the stories of him as a uh, like a men, like a Padawan, yeah. the Sith Padawan to Plagueis, right? Or if Whenever there's any
1: the, like Lucifer parallels there, like he was, you know, right? Because I've never heard, I, and this is my, I, you know, I'm not my old 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 Star Wars lore. I'm not caught up, but if I don't know if there's a. Any more to his backstory than right. we've seen so far, but yeah, he represents the truest evil. He plays that trope, that puppeteer. Yeah, um, he yeah, he is kind of the one pulling the strings.
0: Do you think? And this, do you think uh, he created Anakin?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's something I'm sure it's been discussed.
0: Because in in the prequel trilogy, when when Qui Gon discovers that Anakin has a very high midi count. And they ask. Uh, he asks. He asks Shmi, which is Anakin's mom, Anakin's mom, like how he, you know, who's a father was, and she's like, "Oh, there is no father," which obviously parallels to like the immaculate um, conception, or yeah, immaculate yeah. conception uh, or Jesus savior type mm-hmm. thing, right? The chosen one. Um, yeah, but but I was I've been uh, I kind of read some stuff where I've been thinking about it. Um, what if there's a timeline where, you know, Anakin was created by Palpatine himself mm-hmm. and he knew that he was going to be able to, you know, bring him to the dark side, right?
1: That's interesting. Right. I, I, I'm sh- I, I mean, I'm sure that's kind of... With,
0: with Rey being the response from the, the light force, side. The
1: force's response?
0: The light side's force's response, yeah. Giving her these powers Well, to- well the force
1: already responded to that, though. It responded with... Luke and Leia. Okay. A powerful, you know, Anakin the most, you know, the literally the moment he becomes Darth Vader, Luke and Leia are born to balance, put bring balance to the Force, quote unquote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I I don't know that's something that, you know, I think we might get a little more insight into mm-hmm. in episode 9 because he's going to be back. We're going to have to explain why he's how he's back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh it's it, it, it would make sense. It would make sense. It would make
0: sense because from what we've seen in the prequels, right? I'm trying to keep it prequel heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you, It's revealed in Revenge of the Sith that everything that's happened so far was orchestrated by him, mm-hmm. right? Every single thing. Setting up Maul, setting up Dooku, having Grievous, the whole Clone Wars, the the clones themselves. Everything, you know, becoming the... What was it was it Chancellor? Or what did he become after a senator and
1: Chancellor Papertine? Yeah,
0: Chancellor. Everything, I was sending all the politics, all the stuff. He orchestrated everything. So you would think if he had a plan for that in the prequels, and he had all the plans that he had in the original trilogy, that he would be smart enough to potentially set up a failsafe, you know, backup plan in case something were to happen, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of probably what they're gonna go with. That at the end of the day, he had something set up for you know, to continue on. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And, and this is, in case something were to happen in, to him. Yeah. Rev- I haven't read it, but I know that there, this is explained. This is, there's like a whole chapter on Palpatine's backup plan. Um, where is that revenge? The, the revenge of the Sith novelization, which was very, uh-huh. um, heavily edited. And, uh, George Lucas had heavy influence on the revenge of the Sith novelization. But yeah, there's a chapter that's, I think is literally called Palpatine's,
0: Palpatine's backup plan. backup plan or whatever, like, <laughs> yeah. like, uh,
1: you know, Plan B or something like that, okay. um, and I think that is going to be, you know, it ha- it's going to be explained in a way that is easily interpreted enough for the regular audience to convey as yeah, yeah. truthful. The, but then the people that have really, there'll be books they'll and be like, comics oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Blah blah yeah. blah. Because there's a the whole world between world things and blah 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 blah. But yeah. but no, I think it, I think it's an interesting concept. To my only question to that would be why create anakin and not just corrupt somebody else if he's all-powerful or if he's figured the way to cheat death essentially Mm -hmm. um why what was the need he needs an apprentice but he knows better than anybody that apprentices can turn uh, Mm -hmm. on you for good or for bad Mm -hmm. um mostly for bad for their own selfish reasons but but yeah, so that would be my only question for that. But but who knows? Uh, the story isn't done yet. The story right. we'll know the story in a couple of weeks now, which sounds amazing to say. But um.
0: yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I I mean it's not and you're right. It's not something that's proven or it's just kind of a theory that I've seen, and it's interesting to kind of speculate and to kind of think about mm-hmm. that maybe there is this. Um, Plan that he had, and he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna create Anakin, I'm I'm gonna make sure that he follows the Jedi way, and then I'll corrupt him, and he's all powerful, and I'm gonna use him to create this empire. And yeah, and maybe even him, um, maybe even Vader turning back to the light side and kind of killing him and return Mm -hmm. the Jedi. Heck, maybe even that was planned, right? Right, which would be the ultimate, like, insane reveal, like, Oh, yeah, I planned Darth Vader, you know, to go to the light side Mm -hmm. and, and throw me down the ventilator shaft or whatever it mm-hmm. was um, and then the ultimate reveal is like yeah all of that was planned and it was all set up perfectly so that way you know it could lead to this point in episode 9 and there'll be some huge reveal or something mm-hmm. which would be really interesting and, and that would be a cool way to kind of tie everything together right and, and saying that there was this ultimate bad guy for all three trilogies that set up everything and had this overarching arc mm-hmm. literally overarching arc, and 40 what... year arc yeah. that would be huge I mean, that'd be that's cool.
1: what J.J. Abrams has said he's like I want the people sitting kids that are going to watch this in a couple years mm-hmm. for the first time to watch this from 1 to 9 and see the story, the story right. Yeah, and it would make sense for Palpatine to to be there to be the ultimate evil and it, and they've said that like this was planned from for mm-hmm. the people that are like, oh, the sequel trilogy wasn't planned. J-, J J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, Ryan Johnson have alluded to like, yes, they're actually now that they can't say that initially, right? But I think after this movie drops, there's gonna they've already said Palpatine was one of the somebody we had in mind bringing back, um, right? Uh, since the beginning, but yeah, no, I think.
0: But even the prequels weren't necessarily like that. All when we say planned, we say what what I interpret as planned. That means that. These guys have an outline, right? Yeah, you have the and they, outline. And they fill in the blanks, and they fill in the details as they go, right? When Phantom Menace finished, there was that documentary, and then at the end of that documentary, uh, the Phantom Menace documentary, it showed George Lucas, he had a pen and paper, mm-hmm. and he started writing Attack of the Clones. So, what does that tell you that it was completely 100% planned, every detail was laid out? No. There was outlines... And the writers and directors of whatever movie that they're doing, they fill in the blanks and add the details as they go. And that's kind of, I think, how every trilogy... And and that's honestly how every trilogy was done. The the original trilogy was done the same way. Like, New Hope was only supposed to be, I think, one movie. No one thought this movie was going to be successful. No one thought it was going to have the appeal that it did. And so Empire and Return kind of were... I mean, again, there was an outline and George probably was like, well, if I get to make more, here's what I'll do. But um, they weren't, like, super planned, you know, the way, like, Marvel movies are planned, where they have this whole Marvel timeline, and they're going to do Iron Man 1 here, and, right. and well, that's Doctor from, Strange from there, like and they're all going to connect, and there's going to be after-credits scenes that reveal parts of the story. No, there's obviously not that kind of um, planning and organization, nor do I think I want that, right? Do we want a Marvel-esque Star Wars where everything is planned out 10 years ahead of time? And we're gonna get fill in movies for everything with well, I think when I think of stories, the, and when I think of characters. the Marvel
1: plan, that's more from like a cameo perspective of like cut it, those character because characters don't already really, exist. The arcs and like the motifs don't blend right. together in that kind of story. It's more of like a okay, we're just kind of they're happening in the same timeline in yeah. the same universe. You but know it's what I different
0: mean? because with Marvel, all those characters are already known. And they, they have, they their, own have their own stories, and they stories. have comics yeah. already, they have everything. If you try to do that with Star Wars, like, the only characters that already exist would be you know, like the Luke, Han, and Leia stuff, right. right? Which I guess they kind of already did by bringing them back in the sequels.
1: I think the plan, just like any other well-thought-out trilogy, is the, you know, like you just said, the outlines are there, the yeah. beats are there, the major beats. It's yeah. just, how do we how do we you know what dialogue is happening in between what's it going to look like right maybe there's some probably other creative choices that'll be different but the main main parts are going to be the same yeah. i mean i'm almost i mean i can't say this with 100 percent certainty but i'm like 99 percent sure that kylo ren was always going to become ben solo in the end or go back you know being redeemed mm-hmm. over the course of three movies <laughs> if that eventually happens right um you know, things like that. Those big, overarching, maybe, character arcs. Right. Um,
0: and that's the other thing, I guess, that maybe hurt the prequels. Is that, um, yes, we're getting introduced to new characters. Yeah. Yes, we're getting introduced to new worlds and new ships and new everything. But at the end of... Uh, at, at the, I guess, after like having seen the original, you know that the prequels have to lead into those, right? right. you know how and it's so going you know to end. For, Exactly, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. And so you know that in the originals, Padme's not in them, right? Mm-hmm. So you ultimately knew that, oh, Padme's not going to make it. How mm-hmm. she gets there, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. At least we didn't know at the time. But that was kind of the limitations that these movies had. It was, they had to fill in, um, like even stuff that was mentioned in the originals. Like for one one thing that comes to mind is, for example, in, in The New Hope, Obi-Wan gives... Uh, Luke Skywalker, the blue lightsaber for Anakin. And he says, "Yeah, your father wanted you to he wanted you to have this when you grew older. Um, he was a Jedi Knight and uh and he wanted you to have it, right? And so what does the prequels do with that information? They're like, "Oh, hey, uh Anakin, you can't become a Jedi Master because Obi-Wan said you were only a Jedi Knight in the originals, mm-hmm. so they created this conflict of like Anakin being, well, why can't you make me a Jedi Master? You're on the council, I don't want right? to. Yeah, I'm on the council, but I'm not a master. That's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So it was always kind of um, limited by certain things that were said in in the originals, right? Mm-hmm. And even even things like, for example, uh, uh, Obi Wan and and Yoda becoming Force Ghosts, right? The prequels had to put in an explanation for that for some reason, just to show, hey, Obi Wan. By the way, Qui Gon figured out how to become immortal. Let me show you. And that's supposed to explain how they become Force Ghosts in the original. So I, I think that's one of the things that, if if maybe these movies were done in a sequential order, it wouldn't have that issue. I mean, it's unique that it happened the way that it did. Because um, I don't think anyone's. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they had, but at least not that I'm aware of. Um, the, the, one of the big things that I, that I know happened was when new hope came out, it didn't have the episode four moniker on it yet. And then empire strikes back came out and it started with episode five and everyone's like, Oh wow, this is, this is totally weird. We're halfway through the story. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the episodes one, two, three yet. So that's interesting that he started halfway. But again, like I said, I, I think maybe if, if let's say we had actually started with episode one they got to see one through three in order it maybe would not have had those limitations that it had that it had to live up to what you know four five and six had already done or said that they'd done so yeah
1: and i think it was uh, and again i don't want to keep like giving just just saying negative things but also like the time it was done i think about what if the prequels were made today what if they were made in a in, in George Lucas wanted to use all the CGI he wanted, and it's better. And mm. and um, and what if there were different actors? And what if there had been Lucas Film Group and Story Group to kind of stop him on uh-huh. some things that probably aren't going to not that they're not going to go over well, but they're not like I I go back to like the story he had in mind for Episode Seven. Right. Um, yeah, I think he had like the idea of a girl, a woman, a young woman. Uh-huh who's strong in the force, but doesn't know it and is stuck on this, whatever. But then he wanted to like have some weird midi stuff where that's, they go deep. He goes deep in the rails and like uh-huh. Disney is like, uh, or Lucasfilm group and Disney are kind of like, you know, we've kind of tried that before and it wasn't the most engaging thing for an, a worldwide audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think maybe if there were different, if it was a different time, Maybe the prequels would have been better. Right. Maybe if there was somebody there to stop him and say, hey, you know.
0: I mean, but he had people around him. People, I mean, I guess you're right. He had the ultimate control and he, he was a writer director. And he it was still everything. a time where right. nobody
1: could touch him and nobody could tell him right. what to do. I mean, we've seen that documentary.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, the movies made money. He's good. Yeah, I mean, and the yeah, story sure. is, is still a good story. And, and maybe the execution wasn't the greatest. But, I mean, we're still sitting here talking about it now, so it's yeah. good, so um it's yeah, you're right, and you can always say that about anything though you could even say that for the original trilogy, like what if it had been done today, or what if it had been done with different characters with better special effects and better mm-hmm. whatever you can always say that and then for I think anything.
1: I think the the problem with the biggest problem the the biggest problems people have with the prequels is it kind of there were choices made that went against what made the original trilogy so special. Um, Things like the, not just the world building or whatever, but the puppeteering um, being from scratch. The The, actual sets. The actual actual sets. The ways they came up with... Blowing up the Death Star in A New Hope, and right. and, and using like these different camera tricks and these mm-hmm. these innovative ways to do things, and they
0: had and they had to be innovative in that time because there, there was, not, was no other way. The technology
1: wasn't there, so you had the, a creative team doing that kind of work,
0: right? Which I think is is kind of interesting when you, to think about that. For example, Lucas might have had these ideas in his head, and he could have somebody storyboard them or mm-hmm. draw them out, right? But then, for to actually put it on screen, they had to literally come up with stuff mm-hmm. to 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 get George's ideas onto the screen, right. right? But then, maybe one of the problems with the prequels is that George's ideas to put them on the screen you were just effortless them. now. Yeah, to, like, well, effortless well, it, yeah, to a certain so extent. The
1: work all those people did, yeah, but it right. was effortless basically to like, a certain yeah, extent. I want to, wanna, wear... I want to Jar Jar, right it was all Um, digital you put a green
0: screen computer can do whatever you want with it yeah I want to fly
1: in whatever at the work at the Anakin's workshop like I want I want this I want that like he could just do it and it it kind of in a way it it went against he went overboard with it yeah he went went against what made the original trilogy so special
0: maybe having that like yeah he could have an idea in his head and yeah they can come up with inventive ways to put that idea on the screen but then, maybe there are some ideas that they were just like, "You know what? we can come up we can't come up with any way to do this. It's just impossible mm-hmm. at this time, and maybe that's a good limitation to have like it's good right. to have some ingenuity, but then at the same time, also a little bit to kind of hold you back, not hold you back, but kind of keep you in check a little bit so you don't go overboard right and it, and because then you he went overboard at the expense of maybe the story, at, at the expense of mm-hmm. maybe the writing, at the expense of of, of the look of, of it. I of mean, the, of the look and feel, and the look yeah. and the
1: feel. I mean, that's what where the sequel trilogy got to right its wrongs, or the right the wrongs of the past, so to speak, mm-hmm. of the prequels, is because they recognize no. What we made want, this special? Gimme puppet Yoda. Gimme yeah. actual cl- made yeah droids. Creatures, droids. Yeah what the look and the feel that those characters brought aliens and yeah. made it feel like star Wars. I hate that saying because I think it's an unfair right. adjective or verb to use or whatever you want it to call made it, it. It, it, but it. That is really what well, no, no, it makes made it, it star Wars. It made it
0: feel like the original trilogy. Exactly. Right. And that's the one that drew people in. Exactly. And that's the one that, you know, for the most part, everyone connects to. Exactly. Right? I don't I don't think there's anyone that says like, oh, the original trilogy if is the worst If you're a Star trilogy. Wars
1: fan. Oh, yeah. yeah if you're exactly. a Star Wars fan, then yeah.
0: That's the one that you connect to. You connect yeah. to. Because and that's it, the one that I guess everyone who calls himself a Star Wars fan I guess is kind of chasing, right? That feeling mm-hmm. of the original trilogy. Right.
1: And you respect the time that it was made and the right. technology and what they had to work within. Right. And you think of movies in that that time that they were made and what they did to break barriers and, mm-hmm. and and yeah what they did in their time and that's what makes them classics right. right like citizen kane when you look back on it oh wow that's not a fun movie or it's not like this mm-hmm. like if it was made exactly like that today people would be like what the heck this is just a bland movie but it's because of what it, what was done in the time that it was made and the barriers it broke then yeah. make it a classic and make it respected amongst the community of people right. and that's what star wars did and i think in the prequels and you, there but, was a
0: but you have to give the prequels credit though because they they had some ingenuity in computer graphics and special effects right. that now later are widely used by all kinds of even the sequels use them right they, I mean mm-hmm. yes the sequels have props and they use physical sets and all that but they're still using special effects and computer stuff that maybe was set up back during the prequel times with the uh, you know the episodes one two three mm-hmm. so it it goes both ways and maybe. <laughs> And maybe there's that balance, right? The balance mm-hmm. of, of the of the CGI and the balance mm-hmm. of actually using real props and real sets and real droids and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean... It, filming, it, on filming
1: on location. Filming on
0: location, yeah. That's the other one, yeah. Filming on location.
1: I mean, we talked about it, like... I, whenever we were watching Attack of the Clones and there's that scene when they land in Naboo and you can tell that was in Seville or wherever it was. Was it Seville or was it Croatia? Uh, it was Croatia? In Seville, yeah, Spain. Seville. Mm-hmm. And, I could be, and it was so refreshing Sevilla's to see Spain, that one Spanish. one scene of like, oh, wow, you can tell the difference right. between them getting off that boat and getting and landing in a palace in Naboo to maybe a couple scenes later we're in this big hall with all these columns that are clearly CGI'd. Like, it, it felt... More natural It felt, It looked so much better. And that's what Star Wars did in the beginning. They were out in... Was it Jordan? Yeah, in Jordan. Uh, they were out in... Uh, Endor in the... With the Redwoods. I mean, like, these... The, it, you can't replicate that in CGI. As good as CGI gets. And it, it's what makes these films vibrant. It's like the one guy said uh, that I won't forget. He basically said, Star Wars... When I watched a Star Wars movie in the original trilogy, I got to go and see places that I'll never get to see uh, with these characters. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of, or not that I'll never get to see, but I don't usually get to see. Um, And that's kind of what makes this, you know, like I think of Skellig Island and Mm -hmm. the end of force awakens and, in the last Jedi and how that kind of really jumps out. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that feels star Warsy and it's what makes those movies special. Unfortunately, what didn't happen a lot in the prequels. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I I think it's just, um, I, I guess in the in the thinking or in the writing, it's just easier to do it on a computer to come up with the... And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people like with them is what they say, like the world building and the new ships and the new whatever, right? Yeah. But to do that kind of thing, yeah, of course it's easier to do on a computer and you can design... You basically, whatever you draw on, on a piece of paper can be put on the screen super right. easily, right? And like the whole planet that was the, the clone planet, I forgot the name of it, where it's all water and it kind of looks a little like Cloud City, but it's in water, right? Or, or just Coruscant, right? The mm-hmm. city, the planet... Where the entire planet is it's a city, huh? It's the entire planet. And the, the entire giant. planet, jet, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, that's an interesting and idea to have evidence, a, a whole planet be like basically New York City, except it's the whole planet. Yeah. So I mean, those are cool ideas, and it's interesting because if you do think about it, this is a story that George is saying occurred in a galaxy far, far away, and mm-hmm. they have all these crazy um, ships and force and droids, and yeah, it, it is cool to be kind of he got the he got the chance to kind of let his imagination run wild and they gave us some interesting things right right and which i guess you know <coughs> are used in in like the the clone wars cartoon they're used in the in rebels they're used in resistance all that stuff that that, that imagination that world building that um taking what was done in the original and just going that much further with it you know kind of going crazy with it because back then i'm sure back then he had those ideas for the original trilogy, but like we were saying earlier, he just couldn't do it because of the limitations and the technology of the time. So, you know, that's interesting. But uh, I guess I kind of wanted to end with like another thing that I saw from the Star Wars ring theory thing. And this is actually a quote from George Lucas and and kind of his, I guess the way he sees his, uh, what Star Wars ultimately means and uh, I think it fits with the prequels. It fits with the original trilogy. It fits. It fits with the sequel. And it kind of. And so this is what he said. He said, "I wanted to have this mythological footing because I was basing the films on the idea that the force has two sides: the good side, the evil side, and they both need to be there. And I think that's important. They both need to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, the prequels, you know, uh, the Jedi at the time were thinking." Uh, balance of the force, he's a chosen one, he's going to bring the ultimate good and destroy the bad side. But no, here he's saying, and they both need to be there. Most religions are built on that. Whether it's called yin and yang, God and the devil, everything is built on the push-pull tension created by two sides of the equation. Right from the very beginning, that was the key issue in Star Wars, George Lucas. Mm -hmm. So I think think that's interesting um, that Lucas himself is saying that. And I know, um, he, he was, uh, I think he was, he, was helping out with episode nine, right? With the writing or they consulted him he's, about he's some stuff. He's been
1: consulted. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think these, these motifs that we see in the prequels, we see in the original, we're going to see at the end here in episode nine and it's all going to tie in together in one big kind of circular kind of thing. And it'll be, you know, cool to see.
1: It is. It's, what a time to be alive.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be cool to see. Mm-hmm. And I think... And I have a feeling now that it'll probably end in some sort of desert planet. and That's probably why we're in Jordan. We make
1: this call every single time we talk. Yeah. I think... I don't Just know. to make it a full I, circle. I'm it's not going to make predictions of where they'll be or what the scenes will be or the scenery will be. Right. I think it would be nice to have... I think a nice... Not parallel, but a, a nice new beginning for it to be on kind of like a, a planet with life and with like flourishing. Mm-hmm. Cause we've seen that desert planet. It's begun in a desert a barren, planet. Yeah. It's something bearing fruit and vegetation and life, um, mm-hmm. would be to me something that would be really cool. But no, I
0: said barren, sorry. Oh, like wasteland. Oh, but I mean, you took it bearing fruit life. Bearing yeah, fruit that life, that works Giving,
1: too. giving birth to new life The kind of, that kind of yeah. planet. But, but like I said, I, I, I will not make a prediction because I have zero idea. Right. I'm glad I have zero idea, but, I mean, I could see, I, I obviously see what you're getting at, but how many times have we ended?
0: But I mean, it, it, like we said, like we kept saying, if you're going to call back to everything, I mean, what is the one thing that you call back from Phantom Menace, right? If we're going to stick prequels, one thing you call back from Phantom Menace is this idea of a chosen one or brings balance to the force kind of thing. What is one thing you, you call back from Attack of the Clones? is that Anakin had that moment of anger and fear and loss when he lost his mother. And that's something that always stuck with him that he could never, ever get over, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe you call back on that and, and maybe find a way to resolve that issue. And then what do you call back on in Revenge of the Sith? One of the things you can call back is the, the fall from grace of Anakin being seduced by the dark side. And then you can also call back Anakin and Obi Wan, these two brothers that ultimately had to fight each other because one of them succumbed to the dark side. And 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 Obi Wan saying, you know, I have the high ground, I have the moral high ground, right? These are all things that if I was JJ, right? If I was closing everything out, maybe you pick certain motifs or themes in each one. And me, if I if I had to pick what well, what would you call back on? From the prequel trilogy, those are the items that, that I would look at. I mean, is there anything you can think of that you would call back on from the prequels?
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's all a, a puzzle. Well, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an answer to them. Uh-huh. i guess and that's the inverse of where we started for me it's
0: so an answer to the the ying the balance, and the yang of the force right. finally coming an together to through, the fear and the right and know. we
1: hear that in the trailers we hear coming together in the trailers we hear destiny of the jedi your destiny Feast thousand generations of we hear we confronting fear is the old. what does he say confronting fear is the, the destiny of destiny the jedi. of the jedi right um we have those two halves come together finally mm-hmm. Where they've been fighting against each other for so long, mm-hmm. between all these chosen ones and these heroes and whatever, and I think we see the marriage of them through um, what, and we've talked about what that would look like and metaphorically. Right. But, but we know that's in yeah. the podcast. But we know you know what I mean when I say that. Mm-hmm. It's just them finally finding understanding those yeah. two sides. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. I think if it's hope i mean star wars is about hope as well it's it's um about a journey i think that's that's a good way to end Um, and what that looks like i don't know but we'll i'm excited to find out
0: in some way it has to if we're if we're going to stick with the theory of a kind of circular nature it kind of has to end how it began sort of except in the ending you know you've like you were just saying you've learned those lessons right you've had the the, the sins successes of your the yeah. fails the push and pull tension all that stuff mm-hmm. but then to finally end it after going through all that you have to close it up and or round it out and, 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 and close it out with having learned those lessons and, and mm-hmm. you know pushing forward to the next stage, right, and, whatever that may be, and
1: for color and for Kylo Ren to stay Kylo Ren, that doesn't make sense for that lesson to happen, right? Um, because that is a sin of his father. That's the we've learned. That's something we've learned in the past, right. and Luke has learned, and Anakin learned, and everybody around them have learned. Yeah. Um, what is what are they going to bring? And like at the end of the heroine's journey, what does she bring back to the people? And what did they learn from that? What did they learn from her? What, what does that mean in the context of Rise of Skywalker and these nine movies? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I think it's along the lines of what we've been talking about. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah. No, it's was good. I think if we want to close this out, um, watching the prequels again as adults. I mean, we've seen them right. before, obviously. But watching it now in the context of leading up to the final one. Um, I found myself you know, paying attention to certain things and, and noticing certain things that were said that call out on these themes that, that play off of these ideas that are, like you said, they're set up that now we're potentially going to see a payoff for mm-hmm. right at the end. So that's really cool. And mm-hmm. that's good that, that um, we're going to get that. So right. that's interesting. But anyway, so I think we should close out. This has been the Star Force podcast. I'm Agent Ariza. Joining me was Christina, and thanks for listening, guys. I think we're out. We're out. Bye.